0: Hello. Welcome to Solomon's Temple. It's about time that I start talking about the occult. And occult, the word occult, means hidden reality. Not like, ooh, a scary cult, or they're going to make you drink Kool-Aid and wear a funny hat or anything. Even though, yeah, there has been groups like that that do examine and practice occult magic or occult information, hidden information. I think the Freemasons are sort of a, uh, a diet occult practicing group. I think they dabble in the occult. The occult involves well hidden reality. You could even think, you know, to say maybe science could be dealing with the occult, although it's more in a reliabilist: what is most reliably known given our tools of examination and what can we say about them? Repeated study and detail: what 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 informs our senses about the phenomena we're looking at? How do we describe it and explain it through a reliabilist, physicalist? lens it doesn't really go beyond like what we're seeing it tries not to venture into the space of the imagination even though theoretical science or or that's hard to put it that way because all science is theory laden it's theory based um, even though it's based in observables and hard facts but the fact of the matter of what the nature of everything underneath everything is in the hidden realms or what we can't comprehend yet or what we can suppose the strangeness of physics as we pretend to know and mathematize around it, there's a theory. There's always a theory within these things. And the, the farther in you do go about certain phenomena, even in the health sciences necessarily, there's always going to remain some further fact about, because we don't know how to necessarily cure cancer. We don't know the full conditionality of what we can do about it. If you see what I mean, it's, it's hard to tell. Sometimes we can theorize about what it can be and we can try things or we could even think about it or, or something like this, but it doesn't uh, materialize. We don't quite understand the mechanism of control. And we don't really know exactly most of the time, whether it's health sciences or physics or just regular natural science of any kind, whether are looking at plants or, or anything, especially with the brain and the mind, neuroscience we don't know the exact nature of it we've only begun to comprehend a cell as of late and that's not fully apprehended either and it's just hard to suggest what all this stuff totally is with the tools that we have we still have more tools to unlock and things to observe and and even ways in which we we come to interpret all all of these things in conjunction with each other and I'm just on a tangent about science but you see what I mean there's always a a hidden phenomena there's a practice we pra- we practice certain disciplines we practice philosophy we doctors are practicing um, people who work in electronics are pra- are practitioners of le- electrical science and and we practice soccer for Christ's sakes you know everything is a practice sort of So besides manifestation, divination, spells, uh, covert acts of psychology, mind control, or creating topas where you can solidify things out there with your mind and they could attack people's conscience, or you could literally send them out and they could harm them in some way or haunt them or create a presence around someone, you could even... Like, create mental distress through people if you're connected to them. Like, this sort of black magic working. Like, that is occult. I mean, if you think about in quantum entanglement, I don't know much about it, but I know that everything you come in contact with, there's a polarization that happens, and you're entangled with it. You're entangled with everything that you've ever encountered. That it like it stick, It stays with you. And then when you bring it up, there's a polarity that shifts when you initiate that same polarity that affected you everywhere. You're connected to things. And maybe that's why praying about people kind of helps them in certain ways. I don't know, maybe you should think good thoughts about people around you, do that more often. Or some bad ones, maybe that'll bring them karma, who knows. But at any rate, occult. I wanted to get into some occult things because I wanted to talk about the heavenly bodies and the astrological signs. That's the part I think is really significant and it helps narrate and sort of solidify what the personhood of the self is, what your destiny is like and what your personality is and what is causing that, and sort of why things have gone wrong, why things have been however they are. There, there's a lot of nuance to astrology, especially in Vedic astrology. But just the basics, the essence of the matter and the form. And, and what it's doing and, and kind of the general effect of the planetary the planetary bodies, Mars, you know, Mercury all the way on out through Pluto and how they resonate and what kind of energy that is, but also the astrological signs. And I wanted to create like a series that would be like a perfect thing for the temple. And I'm, I'm into it. So I'll probably make the next few episodes about these. I'm gonna start out this episode, I'm just gonna go through the astrological signs and lay out a basic framework for what's going on with them. I'm gonna preface by saying, yes, we are all 12 astrological signs. Everyone has an essential quality of every sign because they are entangled with every sign going through their life. How much of it they are entangled with, I don't know. But in fact, the manifestation of each signature, of each energy signature is permeating around them throughout society, throughout the world, it's just all around because every sign is in effect and you're affected by them. So everyone is in essence, all of these signs. Now, what is it to say, I'm, I'm going to call you this, this sign, you're, you're a this sign. You'd say, Josh of Solomon's Temple doing the podcast. You're a Sagittarius. Why do you call me that? You call me that because that is the point in which in the Northern hemisphere in the United States, at least between the date of, I think, maybe back then November 22nd. I know there's a shift, but maybe November 22nd or 21st through December 21st, I want to say. Something like that. I was born on December 12th. Twelve twelve, the number of completion, twice over. We'll see how much I could complete in, the, in this lifetime, how much of a picture of the my life in the universe I could uncover and see how fulfilled and, and whole I can be that's even possible but essentially completion is just the end (laughs) and beginning end cycles occur with everybody maybe i get to go through a lot of cycles maybe that'll make me a lot more whole but maybe that'll be a lot more painful i've had a lot of pain in my 20s i feel like (laughs) but gotta go through hell in order to get to heaven i suppose you gotta go through stuff um you gotta go through hard cycles and that's okay that'll make make you stronger and, and more well off for it but at any rate yeah 12, Twelve, I'm a Sagittarius. I I was that part of the sky around the sun during that season. So I was born during that season, Those between those dates, basically. That was the relationship. So you could kind of think that maybe the sign of Gemini was on the other side of the earth while we were facing the sun in Sagittarius, and that was where we were. But there is an order to this. There is a first house through the 12th house. And I'm gonna run through each sign, first house through the 12th house. In the first house is the sign of Aries. It's a cardinal sign and a fire sign. It could be represented as the Ram or the God of War. It initiates actions. It is a sign that Gets things moving is a continuous process of action. It's a generation of energy, sort of. But it, and it's also headstrong. It um, puts forth itself sometimes foolishly, but sometimes with purity, because that's also its essential quality. It's a protection of identity because you're 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 putting your head down and saying this is this. Carry it forward at all costs. So it could be like strong willed. It could also just be strong willed or or. You know, a a desire, strong desire, strong will to carry out action. And this has had lots of consequences. We had a pretty brutal age because lots of people were carrying out a very harsh will. And that's, you know, in in astrology, it actually follows into the sign of Pisces after Aries. And that's where we have Jesus come in after all that war and torture. (laughs) Hey, maybe we should be nicer to each other and be self-effacing and get along. You know, wouldn't that be great? What is that joke that uh, Patton Oswalt does? If you don't murder me and you're good for the rest of your life, when you die, you get infinite sky cake or something like that. But yeah, Aries. And it's also calcination in the old hermetic principle. It's an, an act of purifying under heat, like getting to the essential quality. Aries is also known as identity. The second house is Taurus. Taurus is an earth sign. It's fixed. Fixed earth. It's not a ram, but it's a bull. So it could also be kind of, it's more stubborn. Like it's hard to budge on even little things sometimes. And it's also the Hierophant in the tarot deck. Um, and Aries would be the emperor. But they're essentially like, they're authority heads. They are stubborn in their own right. But with Taurus, it's more, I'm an authority. I know best what's good for the community. I'm a solid pillar for people to weigh on you know i'm a i'm a strong shoulder for people to cry on you could lean on me i'm reliable i'm a reliable (laughs) see that and yeah and 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 they could really tag you because if you're too changeable or chaotic they don't like that and for a good reason because sometimes throwing things into chaos causes trouble and you need to stabilize things to have stability it's also the last uh, alchemical process of coagulation in the uh, internal breakdown of the progression of, of uh, thought form, the transmutation of mental matter, it's coagulation. It's like the last step in the alchemical seven. And we can go through that later, but essentially the first is a calcination and last being coagulation. You can think of a, a cut getting solidified over and scabbed over, coagulation, the act of blood solidifying. So it keeps things together. And when you have something solid and true, it stays together. It doesn't come apart. You can't poke at it and poke holes in it. You can't ruin it. You, you know, if you lay a, a bead down on a weld, that's like the, that's like an ultimate form of coagulation. Like you're taking two pieces of metal, you're you're running that polarity and charge through it, and then you're getting this molten hot seam going, and you're sort of sewing together metal with melting metal, and you get this puddle, and you. you You sort of come like solidify a structure. You're like coagulating the hardest thing of iron. You're melting it down into solidifying and it's holding a structure together in a way you can't budget. It can't move. It's infallible unless maybe an earthquake happens. But that's Taurus, and Taurus kind of work in that way. They they work in that solid foundation. They work with metals and our mechanics a lot of the time. The next house is the third house of Gemini. Gemini is an air sign. It's mutable, which means it's changeable. So we had cardinal, which is like an initiation. It's active, initial, fixed. It's just steady like the Taurus. And then air, Gemini, which is the most changeable of the changeable signs. Changeable air. Air being sort of like it's communication. It's a reality being transmitted almost uh, psychically in a way. But it's sort of like telepathy, except you're not just reading mind, but you're, you're taking your mind and you're putting it into another mind. And there's a lot of ways that people don't uptake because they're not associating what is being communicated with what the communicator wants to say. So communication can also be kind of tricky and highly communicable people that, that talk to lots of other people get more reality because they have more exchange. And if you could change your mind which it's ruled by Mercury, which is mind, you're able to get more intelligence. You have intelligence looking at itself more. You have other intelligences becoming yours and you become one intelligence with the exchange. So that's sort of how that that works out. And it's a dual sign. It's like, I'm over here, you're over there. Oh wait, I'm over here, you're over there. But in the end, usually it's just just one reality altogether, even though it appears to change. But that's sort of how that goes. But uh, dualisms, or sort of brought on by the polarity of existing, like there's cognitive dissonance. And that's why these signs can be rather feisty, and they argue a lot, is there's this polarity that hasn't been worked out. And I think uh, Sagittarius works with that a-, a lot too, as well as other mutable signs. Like maybe Pi- Pisces, not as much, but certainly Pisces and, and Virgo, but just the-, the nature of knowledge and duality. Gemini, especially, and Sagittarius as well, which is on actually the polar opposite end of the spectrum. And that's sort of why they call Sagittarius the other twin. But yeah, Geminis are are the most uh, intellectual, most intelligible, because they just have that storage capacity for the polarities that exist. And it doesn't mean that they're necessarily, they have pieced them all together well, but these signs definitely know a lot and they can communicate and reveal a lot about reality. They're smart because they've transferred within the telepathic mind, or so something like that. The twins. Next is Cancer. Cancer is Cardinal, so we're back to Cardinal. It cycles between Cardinal fixed mutable, Cardinal fixed mutable, Cardinal water. Uh, momentum is sort of its quality, like surfing on the river rapids. Like my cousin, who's a Cancer, who's a raft guide. <laughs> you can see, you can see kind of how that lines up with personhood or whatever. So, Cancers, they're they can take you under their wing. When you're around them, you have legitimate emotional consolation, and they bond well. They they will give you shelter and give you home. Like, everyone's like a family. Everyone they encounter is like a family. They bond well, and they're emotionally intelligent. Uh, they're also represented by the sign of the crab. Like, Cancerian is sort of like a crab. And the United States Constitution was ratified in the sign of Cancer. So you can see, like, home sweet home, nation, the structure around a home. The nation is like the biggest home there is. And then there's states, then there's counties, then there's your business, then there's your town, I'm home. Then there's, there's your literal house, and then the school you went to. This, home, this whole concept of home is this sort of demarcation point of a group of people dwelling here, and you're protected here. And it's it's that they, they also recognize the, the need to communicate emotionally, to be on the same page with people's feelings, to understand and comprehend the significance of what people go through. So it's sort of like uh, what Sagittarius does with knowledge in general to comprehend the, the big big picture. They're comprehending the big picture of the significance of our inner mind, the significance of how we feel and how we act to one another. And the, and the way in which we bond is the, one of the most important things. Cancers are very nice. I've never met a cancer that was really that bad to me, like ever. Cancers are good people. Leos, it's a fire sign. It's fixed fire. Leos are proud. They will support you. They will cheer you on. They're your biggest cheerleader no matter what. They're they're always there for you. They're good friends and, and they'll stick up for you. They'll put their foot down when, when someone's being a teaser or, or a bit of uh, this or that. They'll confront. They'll confront it in, in a very, almost like in a protective way, but also in a way that's also pretty headstrong. They say that the sign of Leo is representative of philosophical gold, which is sort of like the catalysts for being, like the giving you the essence of what it is to be. The 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 final stage of the the development and accumulation of of the knowledge, the importance and like the final philosophical stand and its significance, being itself. The final stage you want that that gold and that philosophical goal, turning that muck of the mind, that bad attitude into a good one, a good philosophical stage. So they have a good attitude as well. Also, many presidents have been Leo. They're executive. They sort of know how to be that force for people to represent and be at the highest uh, chair to represent people. They're, yeah, they're executive like that. And they're also represented by force or digestion. And Leos could be rather self-centered, you know, although they do care for others. They're like, I'm the, the center. I'm the at center stage, you know? You could also find actors here, because they're the sun. You know, they're like the literal sun. They're ruled by the sun. So, And they're the center of everything. Everything revolves around them, which is they can't really help. You might think that's negative, but also it's like, you know... But they also make other people... They put other people first as well. They make them the center, the they give, they empower them. It's like a season of empowerment, of self-empowerment for everyone and for those around Leos. They're empowering people to be around. They're good friends. They're there for you and they're also the center of attention. Next up is Virgo, another earth sign, this time mutable, mutable earth. So when I think about Virgo, she's not only the maiden, not only about beauty and grace and service and these types of things, but it's Also ruled by Mercury, it is communication and it's work. It's, you know, transacting efforts and, you know, perfecting things, practicing, doing something over and over, uh, being productive, producing, editing things. I need to edit this podcast in order for it to kind of stream along. I have to maintain a certain changeability in my environment. I have to or keep things very organized as well. And then I have to, they're also very empathic. They're not just all like critical or like doing work as a, like those are good things those are good things they help they they help transform they help create and and better things and they sort of take down negative things also they could they could be negative but it takes down the things you don't want in order to have the good things so criticism and analysis that's good that's a good thing it's intellectual growth and also aside from making things better it can be like a little too critical or cynical. It could be a little bit dark or depressed a little bit too, um, but it's a distilled essence. It's it's quite misunderstood most of the time. The Virgos are really smart like Gemini, and they're also very sweet because they're empathic. A lot of people overlook that quality. They're, they are empaths. They can feel you. They feel it. They're like like a cancer, except maybe they don't understand emotions quite as much, but whatever's in their environment, they're like they're like feeling that with you. So they're emotionally sensitive and they're very serviceable and charitable and they're there to, there to help you. They, they like helping you. Like how great is that to have someone around that likes to help you and not ask for anything else? That's pretty amazing. That's a good, oh, yeah, Virgos. Um, next up is Libra. Libra is cardinal air, is represented by the scales. There's also justice. So if you know that blindfolded woman the objectivity um, with the sword in hand, holding the scales. It's like Libra finds the balance. And when you tip things in the other direction too much, you create havoc, you create war eventually. The other side of Libra is Aries. So it's, it's a, a balance. And that's what nature is, is a balance. And everything is sort of a balance. And if you throw it out of balance, things go awry. It's harmony. It's also ruled by Venus. It's sort of love and harmony. Uh, Libras are cool. Um, I've met some Libras lately and um, they're always really good. They're good people and you should be if you're representing justice to be just and to be fair and honest. Although they do like to look in the mirror and they're rather symmetrical. They're they're good looking people. Of course, Libras sometimes have a bone to pick behind the scenes with people. Uh, They could be almost kind of two-faced like Gemini is gossipy or whatever, but that's just one quality but they're very excellent in diplomacy. They're good to balance any situation and and they can be among friends and and really be have a mutual understanding for any fallout that might occur that they might witness or be involved with to some degree. And Sagittarius works in their courtrooms. and Sagittarius is, of course, finding the truth and doing the research in order to, make a claim on what it is that happened that goes against the the laws. So it's to sort of prove guilt, innocence, and truth. It's what Sagittarius does in their courts, and they're the scales of weighing out these these things. Sublimation is the quality, kind of an affirmation of what it is that is being observed, or getting to the truth, or affirming something as the truth, no matter what it is. And they could also become really off balance as well. (laughs) Next sign is Scorpio. A fixed sign, fixed water. Scorpios, their central quality is to cut off or to filter, to get what is not available right now or that is not serviceable to the current situation or to the current reality right now is to get that out so that it's no longer there. It's cut out, it's removed. Or it's um, the end of something and the beginning of something else. So it's a transformation into the end to another beginning. And that's why it, it is the sign of transformations, because it's to take to something to an end so that a new cycle can begin. So it's involved with endings. It's the death card in tarot. And this to be a very intense energy. But it sort of signals at the fact that in order for things to sort of progress, you got to sometimes cut some things out. You just have to stop doing things. Or you have to change something. You have to stop doing something, whether it's by degree or completely, in order to transform and be something else, to make changes. And that's another way of looking at it, is Scorpio is is a way in which the universe is making changes. I mean, that could be pretty cutthroat. There's been ones that have not been very good. They are very loyal to family, and if something is affecting things they like, they won't hesitate to just join sides with the person of concern and just say, you're out of here. They're very quick to do that, and it doesn't show understanding or justice, essentially but in the end you have to do what you have to do sometimes and sometimes even if it isn't just it's just for someone in the end because it's what needs to happen in order for the right changes to occur and it's also ruled by pluto which is sort of like the occult so if you have scorpio signs in your placements the occult comes a little more naturally to you because you could perceive Phenomena on a more subconscious level. The next sign is Sagittarius. Sagittarius is the best. My Mars, Mercury, and Sun are all Sagittarius. I have done, well, I have a bachelor's degree in philosophy, and I'm, I'm always sort of standing back and piecing things together um, in the most objective fashion I could. It's also knowledge. I am interested in arguments. I can argue with the best of, of Geminis while also being as objective as an Aquarius and as just as a Libra. But I'm also like fire, so, you know, I stand tall on the principles of attitude like a Leo, but I could also be headstrong, confrontational like an Aries. But in the end, I'm jovial and I'm happy. And I want good things to permeate through an expanse of knowledge, and I want better attitudes to take hold. I want people to have a love for life and not be tampered down by the misgivings of not a wider understanding of existence. And if We would avoid a lot of trouble if we channeled some more Jupiter energy in the case of the exalted nature of Cancer being a, a Jupiterian in a sense and also co-ruling Pisces, which has uh, spiritu- you know, spirituality at its side and uh, a lot of emotional intelligence and self-effacing Energy, I think Pisces, Cancer, good energy. It's water, but it, it's Jupitarian. And then Sagittarius is more of a fiery, airy Jupiterian kind of essence. I know it's kind of—I don't really get it either. But but that, but that's how that is. It rules Jupiter, and it doesn't—it isn't co-ruled by anything else. I think it's one of the only signs that is doesn't co-rule anything else. Maybe Aries just ruled by Mars or something. I'm not—I'm not really sure. It's not exalted anywhere or co-ruled. But at any rate, yeah. Um, or maybe, no, Leo's also ruled by, well, I can't remember. I have to look back into that. But yeah, Sagittarius is ruled by uh, Jupiter. It's a house of a law, philosophy, and higher education. And that's the, the ninth house. So yeah, that's right. Virgo's six, seven is Libra, eighth is Scorpio, ninth is Sagittarius, and 10th is Capricorn. Capricorn is the devil and the tarot but it's also the goat the goat is always climbing that's why capricorns are always at the head of of work that's why they're always high-ranking workers they take work seriously they pay attention to the job they're always working they're always driven to be at that next level they're always taking that next step steadily and they end up climbing pretty high and at the end of their life they're running the company capricorns have a special ability to control there uh it's called fermentation in the uh hermetic uh, 12 it's over time you accumulate a sort of cultured response to your environment and you you sort of take the the elements out that are more crude with ones that are better and you you create a sense of a newfound understanding of your environment it's hard to under, uh quite understand but just the element of control is having the necessary tools available to make the right assessment and right judgment calls and the experience available to make the right decisions and knowledge of the organization of the whole because you've been there and you've done that and you have a a uh, well-placed method of understanding all the roles and actions necessary to do the work so there's like it's Mars exalted so it's actions at its most exalted level so it's not just activity but it's acting acting well acting properly acting most efficiently and even acting in your best judgment is also ruled by saturn so it's mars exalted ruled by saturn and saturn is, is is a karmic planet it also deals with lessons and and getting you to sort of understand the consequences of your ways which sort of ties back into what what counts as doing the good actions knowing having good judgment calls and stuff because you've been through lessons so it's like saturn is is control It, it it's restrictive you know restrictive in a good sense and a bad sense everything can be but it can try to control you it could be a controlling boss but it could be i know best i'm going to set restrictions on certain things and not other things have good boundaries set physically And um, just a a general understanding of the process and what the consequences are for not adhering to proper your proper uh, your proper assessing your your environment properly. Let's just say if you're not assessing your environment properly, you're not doing the right things. There will be consequences. So yeah, that's Capricorn. Aquarius is the eleventh house. It's about universal understanding. Right now we are in the age of Aquarius. It's the pouring out of information. It's this process right here it's using our techniques and technology in order to gain a foothold on being able to transmit whatever we want to whoever we want whenever we want to it's the pouring out of information it's the universal access of information and everyone and it's multiplication it's uh, in the hermetic 12 it's a multiplication so what do we see we see tvs everyone can watch tv you can share files everyone's on facebook it's also about friendship aquarius is a lot has to do with groups and friends so this is the transmission of a universal understanding it's a concrescence of information and it's a time of gaining access to whatever information you want Therefore, people will become as intelligible as they want with whatever they want to. So people will have a more general sense of understanding as well. And you'll be able to share a lot more. And you'll be online with your friends, even though that's sort of getting used to that. But just the artificiality of that is an issue unto itself. But it also connects you with all different kinds of people with whatever information you want be as it may, it is quite amazing that you can look up whatever you want, and that you can see all different kinds of people from all over the place at once, and you can connect to anyone you want. That's the age of Aquarius, and hopefully we find, you know, uh, solutions to issues that have been plaguing humanity since the start of civilization through this very method and this advancement. Will Maybe just even our understanding of technology in general will we'll break through some, some issues for us, or at least just our our knowledge ability and our ability to replicate and multiply useful items or useful knowledge so that we can ameliorate whatever problems we run into. So that, that would be really great about the age of Aquarius. And I think also we're just going to be on a greater sense of unity among other people and we're just going to be a lot more intelligent and saturated mentally. We're going to be on a higher dimension of thinking, I suppose as the years roll on it's going to it's going to increase as evolution unfolds and last but certainly not least would be the 12th house of pisces In pisces is water it's mutable water. It's a psychic. It's the psychic sign. It's like Scorpio, except uh, it's more uh, subtly aware of maybe even just your thought or what you're about to say. Maybe even your feelings, not exactly hidden, but just like in tune with you in that way. And it's considered the nicest sign that uh, that in Cancer. And uh, I can't remember the rest, but I know Sagittarius was like third or something, and then Taurus. But at any rate, let's not rank everybody out. We're all great. We all have our ups, ups and downsides and things, but. Cancer and Pisces for sure, very nice. Water signs, uh, Scorpio, not so, so much. Anyways, um, Pisces is also the age we sort of came out of, I wanna say recently. I wanna market probably once we started communicating massively in the 20th century, uh, once products became largely available, probably maybe like somewhere in the in the 18th to 19th century, maybe the efforts of the 19th century the industrial revolution, maybe the dawn of that. Somewhere in there dawned the age of Aquarius for me because it introduced a lot more things to a lot more people. So yeah, but in the age of Pisces was sort of like the, the introduce, let's introduce doctrine and canon and authority and authority yeah, um, authorship. Let's introduce that into the civil, the framework of civilization and make it very spiritual. So everyone acts better. So everyone's nicer. Everyone can reach each other on a more softer level. We, we don't have to be mean. You <laughs> don't have to be mean to each other. Like that, um, and also just gives a lot more hope to the the bad things we do find sometimes among humanity in civilization. Sort of consoling to the downtrodden and beaten up, and and just and uh, you know and and a way out for for just the negative aspects of life that could really just run people ragged. And also to to deal with all twelve energies, it's also sort of a narrative to sort of show the uh, the detriments and downfalls of of the different signs, even occult in a, in a way. But yeah, uh, Jesus was, you know, I guess probably a Pisces, strikes me as a Pisces anyway, and uh, it was during that age. The canonization, the authority, and its faith in the uh, Hermetic 12, because nothing really is without believing, without faith. I think William Blake said something like, you cannot speak a truth so as to be understood Without being believed or something like that, and there's no way you could really reach without totally throwing yourself over to something. You can't be reached to that reality unless you believe it. Things don't become reality unless you you believe the realities. Unless you believe, and people are full of gaslighting tendencies nowadays. People don't have don't have faith in each other. And that's an issue because that could also just rob people of their reality, and that's un- unjust in itself. That's like a an inhumane, abusive thing, just on even on a subtle level. Just the 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 be- belief in in word is very powerful. It gives it because you could take away people's power by just saying no, not real. It's it's pretty abusive. It's an abusive uh, thing. It's gaslighting, and you give people your full power and your truth when you believe them, you believe what they're saying, or you believe in what what they're saying, or whatever, so, but then everyone has their free will to, to believe certain things, or not, I'm, I'm not particularly religious, not in the full sense anyway, and some people believe some, some perceptions of reality, and some utterances to be true, or to be correct, or to have validity, and, and a reality to them, and some people just don't really believe that, they won't believe it, and then sometimes you can't really figure something out. So what What do people say? Like, no, I don't have knowledge of something. It's just, I just don't believe in it. Or I believe I believe that this, I believe this, I believe in that. And they don't even know. They don't have knowledge. And maybe that's just part of it. As some people, or, I mean, well, actually, all of us might just have to believe in certain things. And, and we think it's knowledge, but for the most part i think it's the ignorant that throw themselves over to explaining themselves by just saying well i believe really is that how we know things of course then again is it really too far off to assume that hey we don't really know much and maybe maybe this whole because i believe it thing is like the only thing you have i don't know it's very interesting it, as a scholar it's not enough but but it's it's also maybe all we have i don't know that's a very it's a very interesting thing to look at But I'll take philosophy over faith (laughs) any day because we have found out a a lot more through the philosophics and and scientific lens than just simply willy-nilly saying, and it's just because I believe in in it or whatever. I think there's different levels to that, of course. I don't know. Think about it. Well, that about sums up that episode. Feel free to stop by patreon.com forward slash Solomon's Temple. I would appreciate a modest donation. I will see you next time. Thank you.